Welcome to the Single Lady Estates podcast. My name is Bobby Wasserman, the founder of Single Lady Estates. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to join us. When I introduced the Single Lady Estates podcast in early 2022, I mentioned that women are an intergenerational economic powerhouse. Only now are women coming of age financially. It was one generation ago in 1974 that the Equal Credit Opportunity Act in the United States became law. That law specifically prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, national origin, sex, marital status, or age in credit transactions. That law allowed women the opportunity to be financially independent. The financial choices that we may now take for granted stem from a law that is less than 50 years old. And with that food for thought, I'd like to introduce our guest, attorney Victoria Asikas with Gowling WLG, an international law firm where she works from the office in Ottawa, Ontario. Victoria is a business attorney focusing on advertising, commercial, and consumer product regulatory law. Prior to joining Gowling, Victoria's work touched on a variety of business practice areas, and she has worked extensively with clients to establish and protect their brand portfolios, especially female entrepreneurs. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you, Bobby. I am absolutely thrilled to be here today to speak with you about these really important topics that are not often discussed. Thank you so much for having me. Well, today we are focusing on millennial women and home ownership. So owning property when dating, out earning your potential partner, and looking at some great tips to help you make independent financial decisions. A significant majority, 65 or 75%, depending on what study you're looking at, of women are not waiting for marriage to buy homes nor equate home ownership with family planning. So are you seeing this in your peers and what are their experiences? I am absolutely seeing this in my peers, in particular those young women who are between the ages of 25 and 37, or the so-called millennial generation. I myself am 32 years old, so I'm really right within that wheelhouse. I have many close female identifying friends and colleagues who are single, but are professionally and as a result of this financially successful, very financially successful. Many of them are doctors, lawyers, accountants, entrepreneurs, women who are very well educated, not married, yet have achieved the means to take on home ownership entirely independently and have in fact done so. These women are purchasing single family properties all over Ontario. I think it's easy to think that this is a uniquely big city kind of thing. We all grew up in Toronto. That's where I grew up. And that's where everybody is looking for homes. But I've seen this all across the province of Ontario, everywhere from Ottawa to Toronto to Windsor and all of the smaller municipalities in between. These women are not necessarily waiting to be married in order to jump into home ownership. Yeah, it's really interesting because I'm a generation ahead of you and we were kind of that middle ground of do I wait, do I not wait? Our mothers wanted us to be financially independent because we were able to have that opportunity, but the home was still equated with family planning. So I just wanted to kind of shift a little. So you're a business attorney that champions women entrepreneurs, which I I love. So how do you help specifically women entrepreneurs? 
Yes, this is definitely something that I'm passionate about. I was really wanting to tap into that market when I was in law school, I knew in my career going forward. So definitely something that I'm very passionate about. The legal profession generally has always had a reputation of being sort of an old boys club. And I unfortunately can't profess that this reputation is no longer true. I still see it quite a bit, though it has certainly improved over time. When women are thinking about starting a business, many of them do not know where to start and seeking legal advice for a variety of reasons is not necessarily on their radar. Or if it is, many of them feel too intimidated to contact an attorney for help out of fear of not being taken seriously. So often people disregard young or really any age female entrepreneurs, especially at the starting stages of their businesses because they don't see them as big money generators when they're first starting out, which in my view is a really terrible way of approaching business. I try, and I'm continuing to try, to be the go-to for women who have either started their businesses already and need to fill in the gaps on the legal side of things. So if that's creating contracts or registering for trademarks, building a bit of a brand portfolio, or for the women who simply have an idea to maybe start a business with getting the legal aspects of business ownership addressed early. So this could be from the incorporation stage or determining what business structure is best for them, being there for them to help them as they start out their businesses. Women have some really amazing ideas when it comes to business and entrepreneurship, everything from small boutiques to bigger tech companies And I really want to be there to help them make their dreams a reality without any judgment or any intimidation. I think that you really hit upon something in regards to women not being taken seriously in business and financial transactions. It's a real issue and we all have a lot of personal stories about it. Yet women taking control seems to be a new and consistent theme. When it comes to home ownership, what are you experiencing and observing with your peers in regards to home buying? I'm seeing that a lot of my peers are not afraid to take the leap into home ownership on their own. It's really refreshing to see. And the interesting thing that I'm observing as a result of this is that people automatically assume that women must not be doing this on their own. And as a result, that tends to shift into the rhetoric about, are you moving in with a roommate? Are you moving in with a partner? Are you planning on getting married? Their first thought seems to be that when women are jumping into home ownership, they must not be doing it on their own. Nothing, truthfully, could be farther from the truth. Women are really taking control. They're stepping into their independence and they're becoming homeowners on their own, which is still a bit of a novel idea. Yeah, a hundred percent. Even when I had a contractor come to my house a few years ago to bid on a job, he asked me if my husband approved of the changes. <laughs> so oh my goodness. it takes a lot of tenacity and focus to move beyond those annoying judgments. Uh, when I look at your accomplishments and the tenacity it took for those achievements, law school graduate of the University of Windsor, a a member of the Oxford IP MOOC competition and founder of the Hellenic Students of Windsor Law, are you finding that your peers are exerting that level of focus in their finances? And how does that professional accomplishment translate into their personal lives? 
I see that millennial women are in a unique position, in particular, those of us who graduated from college around 2011. I myself graduated from the University of Toronto in 2011. So again, really within that wheelhouse. As we enter our mid-30s, many of us have multiple degrees and as a result are in careers where we're working very long hours and also being compensated well. There are many law firms out there, especially that are very transparent about this, in particular in the United States when it comes to their compensation structures. The outcome of this is that when women are meeting partners and for some of us getting married, many women are actually out earning their partners by quite a significant margin. This is something that can occur in all partnerships. It's not necessarily restricted to heterosexual relationships. And for decades, this was not the norm. I would say that even the generation before mine did not necessarily experience this. If you were a woman in many of these older generations, you went to school, maybe you got a respectable job, but often women were expected to have children and they were expected to become a homemaker or they were expected to be in a job that would allow them to also take on those homemaker responsibilities. So you would be there for the children, you would be there for your husband at the end of the day. I'm not saying that this was the experience of all women of these older generations, but certainly for many of them. And this is also the situation as well today with some women who are making those decisions. And I think that it's it's important to respect that as well. But what else we see here today is millennial women achieving a very high level of personal and professional success and taking the next step in life planning independently by becoming homeowners, investing their money independently and on their own terms to make it work for them. And for many women, simply living a life that they enjoy, where they are in charge of the decisions they make independent of someone else. We're witnessing a truly unique phenomenon with young millennial women in this respect. And I really could not be more proud to be part of this cohort, even as a married woman. I agree uh, wholeheartedly. It's really nice to see this shift. How are the potential partners reacting? This is a really excellent question. And I would say that I'm going to go easy on the answer, but that doesn't serve anybody well. And frankly, it's not really my style. I like to be pretty overt. Um, So what I will start off by saying is to all women who are listening, don't be ashamed to admit if you out earn your partner. Women are always being told to essentially be less, be less loud, be less present, take up less space, be less out there, earn less. The assumptions as well, in particular for those of us who are married, are also that our spouses must make more money than we do. In particular in law, I've experienced this firsthand as my husband and I are both attorneys, for better or for worse. (laughs) (laughs) Not only do people assume automatically that my husband makes more money than I do, I've also heard multiple times that I'm lucky that he'll be able to provide for us when we have children. Don't get me wrong, if we did choose to one day have children, I am acutely aware of the privilege we will experience of having the financial means to support a child. This is absolutely not lost on me. However, it is the assumption that my husband will carry this load entirely on his own and the assumption that at present when we are childless millennials that I must be earning less money than him that people absolutely get wrong. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, that is so true. It really is a societal issue of being less. I love how you say that. You know, men and women tend to automatically expect women to be less present because that's how we are socialized from the day we are born. A TD Ameritrade study cited that about half of women say that they out-earn or make the same amount as their husbands or partners. In 1960, it was less than 5%. It's a real societal shift. Yes, and this is a really interesting statistic. We're certainly seeing a societal shift right now, and we are certainly seeing women taking ownership of this shift and being louder and prouder of their accomplishments. I'm going to go back to the idea of taking up less space. What women need to do now more than ever is take up more space. By taking up more space, we are seeing more women in the boardroom more women at the head of the table, more women stepping into leadership roles. It is very slowly but surely no longer seen as different or avant-garde or against the norm to put women in a leadership role. And I certainly think that this is something to be celebrated, but I also look forward to the day where accomplished women being put in leadership positions is the norm and not the exception. Going back to the concept of marriage, as these social perceptions shift, I believe that it's more important now than ever for partners to really support one another. I'm extraordinarily lucky to have a partner that champions me and is proud of the success I have achieved and the very, very extreme hardships I've overcome to get here, both personal and professional hardships that I've had to overcome. And it's tricky to find that support in a spouse. A salary is so often tied to that kind of macho masculinity idea, in particular in law. This is definitely something I see. And it's really nice to see more men being supportive in this space as the social norms shift. So there is certainly work to be done here as well. Yeah, even though you've spent a great deal of time in the United States, including having completed the New York City Marathon and the Chicago Marathon, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> as a Canadian, do you find any stark differences between Canadian and American women? Their approaches to home ownership, perhaps? As far as the Canadian and American situation is concerned among women, I actually see many similarities in this space. When I was recently in California for a work trip, I met many clients of ours who are very well-accomplished women in research and development, science, and law. Some of them were married, others were not. Some had children, while others did not. But what all of them had in common was this keen self-awareness about their accomplishments and having to work in spaces that are still quite male dominated. This is also something that is similar between countries, in particular, as it relates to the legal profession. I've also listened to several podcasts recently where female long distance runners have discussed the perils of being successful marathoners while also owning homes all over the US, in particular in their training areas. So from Boulder, Colorado to Flagstaff, Arizona, all over the United States where they train and through all of this, trying to navigate dating and relationships and being homeowners. So Molly Seidel, who won the bronze medal in the marathon in Tokyo, famously talks about her struggles trying to date while competing at the absolute highest level and no pun intended, running into situations where the men she speaks to try to better her running accomplishments or challenge her to run with them. And it's almost comical to think about, really, why is it that women always seem to be faced with these types of challenges in this space? It truly is astonishing. 
Now, I love Molly Seidel. She's an excellent role model for young women when it comes to achieving incredible things while she still stays humble and stays true to herself. The uh, Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation found that in 2020, 61% of first-time and repeat homebuyers in Canada were female, and this number was also mirrored in the U.S. Yes, and I personally am thrilled to see that percentage so high. I met my husband in law school and was very transparent early on about my personal homeownership situation. I knew from the instant I met him that we were going to get married. So why not be open from the get go? (laughs) And for me, that meant owning a condo in Toronto, Ontario, that at the time and to this day, I keep as an investment property. Okay, I want to stop you right there. So this is such an excellent point. I was told as a child by my mother to make sure I made my own money so I would have choices. My friends with adult daughters are moving beyond that and supporting decisions for their adult daughters to own property prior to marriage if that's what they choose. Yes, and I absolutely love that. Even as it came to my situation, and that's a very good point, I never worried that it would intimidate him that I owned property while we were dating. And even as we progressed in our relationship to the point that we started discussing marriage, I made it very clear that I was independent in this respect. And I credit my mom and my dad for making me this way. Funnily enough, it also never really crossed my mind for us to live in the condo together at any time, either before or after we got married. Setting aside the aspects of family law for which I am woefully underqualified to discuss, the property I own in Toronto has always remained mine and I intended to keep it that way. And at no point in time have I ever been told otherwise. I believe in the United States that to maintain that sole ownership, you must make payments from your own bank accounts and not shared bank accounts. So for our listeners, please consult an attorney. We're not giving legal advice here, just some food for thought. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I agree with that. And I know for me on the independent side, if the tenant in this property has an issue, for example, he always comes to me and I I take care of it on my own, independent of others, including my husband, to the extent I can while still appreciating that I do live in another city. And it's kind of funny as I say this, and even as we think about being financially independent and money generally and and having these conversations because immediately I start to wonder if people are going to judge me for saying that or if they're going to think that I'm selfish for it. By that, I mean, people are going to think, how can she not involve her husband in this? How can she not want to have him have a say in this? Meanwhile, when we think about the shoe on the other foot, I don't think that society would feel the same way if a man entered a relationship owning multiple assets and Just an interesting thought to instinctively feel somewhat guarded about it as a woman. Why do I have to say, no, it's mine and really assert myself that way? It should just be. We should never have to qualify it as something. I shouldn't have to feel these thoughts. Other women should have to feel these thoughts. Is it taboo for us to think this way? We really need to work hard to break this thought process. Home ownership and fierce independence as a woman, whether you're single or entering a relationship or married, should really be something to be proud of and not ashamed of. That is 100%. And we somewhat expect men to have or our partners to have assets as we look for marriage. But, you know, I mentioned early on in the podcast series 
because there are online videos of women talking about how they felt awkward going to open houses and seeing couples house hunt, that somehow they felt ashamed or less than, as what you said earlier. I couldn't believe it. It's such an accomplishment. And yet they felt that because they were alone, they were less than. Wow. And it was just uh, stunning. So do you find that expectations for women have changed from both a social and professional view? And what are you and your peers experiencing in that realm? As far as what me and my peers are experiencing, I do think expectations for women have changed in particular, when we look at how many of us are financially independent. As women became more educated and started taking on more personal responsibilities, be that more difficult jobs or owning homes or making investment decisions and the like, at least for my generation, this has really started to become the norm among us. I'm also witnessing many of my peers becoming mothers and continuing to work as attorneys at the absolute highest level without skipping a beat. Even today, we are trying to break the social expectation or the understanding that when women become mothers, their priorities shift and they will no longer be able to take on professional responsibilities or that their bodies will change so much that they will not be able to run marathons anymore. Some of the best runners on the planet are moms. It really is about time we change the way we think in this space. I agree a thousand percent. You know, women have always been excellent multitaskers, and there's no reason to think that just because a woman has a child or children that she can't uh, have a successful career. Definitely. What are some of the tips you can offer for women homeowners looking to get married and start a family in how they approach the financial aspect of the relationship, as well as protect themselves? My number one tip is to speak to an attorney and a good attorney. I really cannot stress this enough. And I know that it sounds very cliche and sure, it is easy enough to come from me to say to speak to an attorney because I am an attorney. But truly, if you want to save yourself the inevitable headache down the road, it is absolutely essential to speak to an attorney early on in the process. Almost every aspect of home ownership and financial planning for women, in particular as they enter very high paying jobs, requires a professional such as an attorney or an accountant to assist in the more technical aspects of this. Women need to build their teams, hopefully entirely of other women, that can work with them to achieve their home ownership and other financial goals. This is the absolute critical first step. I'm not saying that women can't do a lot of it on their own. I'm just saying that going to see an attorney and getting professional advice and starting to build your team is a really great way to better ensure success in the future. I second that. And I think a lot of people see going to an attorney as, oh, you're going to sue someone. Go to an attorney like you would go to an accountant, right? When you go to an accountant, you seek financial advice. When you go to an attorney, you really just want to get some footing on where you stand legally so you can make informed choices. Definitely. So is there any advice and or tips you would give women when it comes to home ownership? I would say, do not be afraid to dive in. And do not allow yourself to get caught in the trap that people will not take you seriously or that you cannot do it alone. Rest assured, you can. 
There are also plenty of people out there who will help you by directing you to resources so you can learn all there is to know as you enter this exciting chapter. And to go back to what I said before, as you start to build your team, this could be something as easy as a book on real estate or a podcast on real estate or a friend who can help you find your perfect first or second or third or 10th home. It is okay to think for yourself and build the life you want. It is okay to take up space. It is okay to be loud. It's okay to be more. And in fact, all of those things need to be celebrated. I love this advice for older women listening. This is something that our mothers just really didn't instill in us and that we're instilling now in our adult children and they're instilling in their younger children. I think that from an intergenerational perspective that we all have so much to learn from each other, you know, the barriers that older women have helped to tear down and the fearlessness of independence that younger generations have been able to experience just because of that. Again, thank you so much for your time and your insight and your knowledge. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Bobby. To all the women out there, go out there, be fearless and do really great things. Thank you all for listening to the Single Lady Estates podcast. To learn more about the information Victoria discussed, go to our website at singleladyestates.com, join our community and be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Thank you, everyone.